This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we talk about ideas for making our lives happier. This week we'll talk about why it can be helpful to visually represent a challenge and we'll share a bunch of suggestions from listeners about useful changes they've made to their routines. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, the five senses, human nature. I'm in my little home office in New York City, and joining me today from L.A. is my sister Elizabeth Kraft, who is going to reveal the magical brand of shoes that cured her foot pain. All will be revealed. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And yeah, Gretch, I never knew so many people <laughs> would want to know what kind of running shoes I'm wearing. People want to know. I think a lot of people feel the same kind of pain and they want to know if they can get that solution. Yes. Gretch, before we reveal that, want to mention that we recently recorded some fun videos for Instagram <laughs> taking the How Well Do You Know Me Challenge. Yes. Um, we guessed each other's answers to some personal questions. It was so much fun. Yeah. Some of the answers were surprising. Some we got. Yeah. So I'm curious if the listeners can guess our answers before we say them in the videos. We've already heard from some people who said they did guess certain answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So search at Gretchen Rubin on Instagram to see for yourself. It was so fun. And Alyssa scored higher than I did. Oh, did I? I think so. <laughs> A few other updates. First of all, thank you to our listener, Roya, because in the More Happier episode about the joys of podcasting, I misspoke. I talked about the Drum Tower podcast. But for some reason, I said the Washington Post, where I knew perfectly well it's from The Economist. Want to mm. give credit where credit's due. So, yeah, that's Drum Tower from The Economist. 
And also, I want to let everybody know that I am going to be doing a LinkedIn Live conversation on October 17th at 5 p.m. Eastern with Kim Scott. Kim Scott is an old friend and someone whose work I admire tremendously. She wrote the book Just Work, and she's very well known for her framework about radical candor as a way to give constructive feedback in the workplace. So we'll talk about people's questions about workplace dynamics through the lens of the four tendencies and the radical candor. And she's so fun and so great and so insightful. I'm really looking forward to that. So you can look at Gretchen Rubin on LinkedIn, or I'll post the link in the show notes if you would like to listen in. That will be an interesting conversation. Yeah. This week, our Try This at Home tip is to visually represent your challenge. Yeah. So we've talked about several ways to help make tough choices. Choose the bigger life, avoid false choices, ask if it makes you feel energized or drained, think about your future self, ask yourself what advice would you give to a friend who has the same issues. So those are all things to think about when you're trying to make a tough choice. But another thing to do is to visualize your choice. Yes. Yeah, if you want to read a roundup of all those, there's a post on it, and I'll post a link to that. But we always need more solutions. These challenges come up, and you get stumped. And what I've been thinking about a lot is how visual representations help us understand issues in a different way. And, And part of this, I think, is coming off life in five senses. I'm very aware of using the five senses. And one of the things that really struck me as I was reflecting on this is, so Elizabeth, you remember what a huge transition it was for me when I had to finally let go of my beloved Filofax and start using a digital calendar. I was a late holdout. I love the Filofax. I still have my Filofax. I have all my pages going back so many years. But at a certain point, I'm like, I have to use a digital calendar. But what was interesting is that visualizing my day in the digital way showed me much more easily, like I could look at a day and see where I had pockets of free time or where I had pockets where everything was jammed up. Whereas in a file effects, everything had equal weight the way I wrote it in. And so I did feel like I gained a sense of sort of the flow of my days because I was visualizing it more accurately. And that was just something I didn't expect to find. Yeah. On visualizing, um, when you want to make a decision. We all know the writing down the pros and cons. Oh, classic. Classic. Your (laughs) father-in-law even wrote a book called The Yellow Pad, Making Better Decisions in an Uncertain World. He's a huge fan of writing down pros and cons. This this is a guy who has a legal pad with him at all times. Yes, Yes. big fan of that. But I have become just increasingly interested in this idea of the visualization of information and possibilities. And if other people are interested in this, I highly recommend these books, which I love. One is, this is one of my favorite books, but it has one of the all-time worst titles. It's called The Visual Display of Quantitative Information. Sounds so boring, but it's such a, a, it's a wonderful book by Edward Tufte. And I recently discovered Manuel Lima's book. So he has a, called, a book called The Book of Trees and The Book of Circles. And this is about using tree shapes and circles as a way to visualize information and help you see relationships and do all that. So Gretch, why has this been on your mind so much? Well, generally, I'm interested in it just because I'm always interested in unusual ways to present information. Like that's just a thing that I've always been fascinated by. But right now, it's particularly acute because I'm trying to figure out what my next 
big project and or small project is going to be in writing. Because sometimes I'll have like a little project, which I treat just as seriously as just smaller in scope. So it's not little as in unimportant. It's as little as in shorter to execute. But almost always in my writing life, I knew exactly what I would do next. But now I have several that I want to do I all passionately want to do. Mm. So it's not even like, well, pick your favorite or pick the one you think that people would be most interested in. It's like I I am so attracted to all of them. And just recently I've been thinking, okay, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit down and I'm going to visualize this with circles. Like maybe it'll be a Venn diagram. Maybe it'll be circles and I see where they intersect or how they relate to each other. Because I have my practical, you know, my Ben Franklin side that is very concrete, Mm -hmm. loves a tip, loves a hack, loves a list. Then I have my writerly side that loves aphorisms and essays and want to write more writerly way. And then I've got that dreamy, mystical side that I haven't really written into very much lately, but... I really want to go into the mysterious depths of human nature. That also Mm -hmm. appeals to me. And what's happening is that I'm working on all these projects all the time. They're all happening all the time. But I'm like, I can't write five projects all at once. This is not a way to move forward. And so I have a giant pad of paper. I got my favorite set of markers. I want to to do it on a weekend day where I can just not have anything else distract me and somehow try to... I feel like if I could visually represent these possibilities, that it might help me understand how to move forward. Mm, you know, with, I want to see what that looks like. Send me a photo when you yes. when you write this down. I want to see the visualization. Yes. I, I yeah, It probably will end up being one of those things that yes. makes no sense to anyone but me. You know how you, like, you look at your yes. notes after something and you're like, before the meeting, this made perfect sense to me. But now it's just like a bunch of scrawls. Yes. Well, wish me luck. Yeah. I'm sort of both really looking forward to it and also kind of dreading it because I feel like it's going to really tax my brain. Yes. And it's hard to think through these things. Um, but Elizabeth, how about you? Have you found ways to visually represent challenges or difficult decisions? Well, you know what I did, Gretchen? Season two of Fantasy Islands. Mm, yeah. We were having to dive in and move really quick. And so I was looking for anything to help just inspire me and keep me on track. Yeah. And what I did is I chose certain words and phrases mm. that the network had told us in our conversations to keep in mind Ooh. for season two. Ooh. And I wrote them on these decals. They're these round dry erase decals that you can put on the wall and then peel off. Oh. You know, they don't do any damage. Oh. I put all the different phrases. I think it was like summer and more fun oh. and build the relationship drama. Oh. <laughs> Just words that they had and phrases they had said, put them on the wall. And then whenever we were breaking story, mm-hmm. they'd be there reminding me. Right of where we wanted to go so I could throw out something and like say, well, where's the relationship drama in this? Or is this summer fun? And it really helped. It's kind of like another way to do a vision board with words or kind of like the way we talk about keeping your one word theme uppermost in your mind. But for you, it's interesting because it's like as you're breaking stories, it was a way to decide, is this taking us towards these overarching aims? Or maybe there were things where you're like, this doesn't really fit into those. Like, so maybe this isn't as fruitful an idea. That's really interesting. Another thing that I think can be useful for a certain kind of challenge, probably the kind of challenges that involve a lot of future planning, you know, because sometimes you have to like, when do I do this? Do I have to do this now? Like, do I have to study for this exam at this point? Or when do I need to get this done by? 
There is a book. Speaking of titles, uh, this book has a terrifying title called The Defining Decade. It's about your 20s by Meg Jay. My daughter Eliza read it and really found it to be helpful. So even though the title is intimidating, (laughs) she doesn't talk about this specifically, but I was interested in that she said sometimes people will have these aims for themselves, but they haven't done the timeline. They haven't worked back like, well, if I want this to have happened in my life by a certain time, when would I just like do the math backwards? Because sometimes you feel like, oh, I have infinite future. But if you start thinking like, well, I want to have something done by this time. So I think sometimes making a timeline of roughly, obviously we don't have total control, but like roughly when would these things happen? That can bring a lot of clarity about what needs to happen when and in what order if you want to end up in a certain place down the road. Yeah, and you can do that with something even as small as studying for a final exam. Oh, 100%. You know, yes. I know Jack had a schedule of need to do this yep. work worksheet on Monday and review this on Tuesday, all leading up to the final exam. And that helped him to have it visualized. Exactly. Right. So yeah, or like something like moving where you're like, okay, if we're going to be out of the house on this day, what has to happen when? I mean, here's another really fascinating visualization that a friend did. And I've been meaning to do this for years because I'm completely intrigued by this. So I don't know what inspired her to do it, but for whatever reason, she's a person who knows a lot of people in her work and in her personal life, like a very connected person. So she got a giant piece of paper and she just made a list of everybody that she was connected to, friends, family, coworkers, colleagues, but did it in a way so she could see how they were connected. Like, oh, these people were all from college or or whatever. And she said the really fascinating thing was that a few people emerged as super connectors and that a few people Mm. had played an outsized role in introducing her to other big groups of people that were very important in her life. But she said the the interesting thing is she did not know that until she had plotted it out visually. Mm. She didn't realize that certain this just handful of people had really played an outsized role in her life. She just thought of them as being the same as everyone else, whereas in fact... They were these super connectors. And so I just thought that was an interesting example of how there can be things that you don't see because yeah. you haven't seen a representation that highlights certain aspects of information. Yeah, that's fascinating. I want to think about my own life and if I have super connectors. Ooh, maybe we'll do this the next time we're together, Elizabeth. This is the kind of thing oh, we, would be fun. fun for us to do. Well, let us know if you do try this at home and how visually representing your challenge works for you and how did you choose to visually represent it. Let us know on Instagram, threads, TikTok, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes. You can go to happiercast.com slash 451 for everything related to this episode. Oh, and by the way, I will put a link to those dry erase decals in the show notes if anybody wants to do them themselves to visually represent things that way. I'll put the link in the show notes. Okay, coming up, we have a happiness hack that involves my running shoes and what brand I have and what other brands have been recommended. But first, this break. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else 
even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, we are back with this week's happiness hack. Yes, inquiring minds want to know. We got a deluge of emails from people saying, hey, what was that brand of shoes? And Elizabeth, I don't know why we didn't mention the brand of shoes. It wasn't like you, yes. were, you were holding it back as a secret. But maybe to you, it was just so obvious. But people really were very, very interested to know, what did you use? What was recommended? Yeah, well, just in case anybody didn't hear yes, that episode, right. I talked about how my feet had really been hurting. Yeah. When I was walking a lot, so I went to see a podiatrist thinking, you know, I was going to need some major intervention mm. on my feet. And after she looked at everything, had me walk, et cetera, et cetera, she basically said, you're just wearing the wrong shoes. Yeah. You're wearing light, flexible shoes, which I was. And what you need are shoes with a lot more support. Mm -hmm. You should not be able to bend them in half. You should not be able to twist them very much. Mm. So she gave me three brands to look at. Mm -hmm. So I'll give the three brands. Okay. So the ones she told me to look at were Hoka, which have become recently famous because that's what everybody is wearing on the picket lines, yes. Saucony, and Brooks. Mm. Okay. So I went to a store called Roadrunner. Now, I will say this is a store in LA where they really know shoes and they'll really help you. And if you have a place like that in your city, it might be worth going there because mm -hmm. it does make a difference to talk to people who really know their stuff. Yeah. But anyway, so I tried on all three brands. And for me, Saucony were the ones that felt the best. Ah, okay. And so I bought two pair of black Saucony. There you go. And my foot pain was gone in about three days. I mean, it made an enormous difference and it hasn't come back. So I'm not a doctor. I cannot tell you this will work for you, but I think it it was one of those magical cures. Yeah. And she really was so sure that it would do the trick mm -hmm. that I think it must work for many, many people. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well, there you have it. So let me just repeat those. Yeah. Hoka, mm -hmm. Saucony, and Brooks. Oh. Those were the three that, again, she felt right. were the best. There are other great shoes out yes. there, I'm sure. Right. But it's all about the support. That's what you want to look for. Okay. Great. All problems should have such a straightforward solution. I know. Right. And and affordable. I mean, yeah. I was thinking, am I going to have to have surgery? Right. Am I physical therapy? therapy? Physical therapy. And it was just a new pair of running shoes. Oh, excellent. Well, speaking of easy solutions that can make our lives better, we are going to do a deep dive into rethinking routines. In episode 446, we talked about why it's a good idea to re-examine our routines, our personal routines, work routines, family routines, periodically, to see if there are opportunities to just make things work more easily, more efficiently. So we asked listeners, do people have hacks 
for making things run more smoothly? Have you figured out something that you're like, okay, this is making my life easier? And we got a bunch of ideas. So listen, let's just rattle through a bunch of them because maybe they'll inspire other listeners to make these changes. Yes. Okay. Marlo said, I prepare my coffee before going to bed and program it to start being made five minutes before my alarm goes off. That way I wake up in the morning to the sound and smell of coffee percolating instead of a jarring alarm. It's a lovely way to start the day. It makes me want to get out of bed to enjoy a cup. It's also one less task for me to do in the morning. Karuna says, I set an alarm to go off every day at 8 p.m. to remind me to clean the kitchen before going to bed. Whatever I'm doing gets paused when it goes off, and then I return to it after the kitchen gets cleaned up. It's so nice to make breakfast in a clean space. Kath says, I unpack my bag and repack it for the next day. The space I enter the house has my items I need to set out clearly. In the morning, I just pick up my bag and leave knowing it's all organized. Creatively noted, said, I walk my dog first thing in the morning with no phone. Exercise plus sunlight plus nature plus quality time with my pup. Cecily says, I only let my kids eat breakfast and or watch TV in the morning if they are dressed. I won't go into how difficult everything is with our kids, but this is just one non-problem. And at this point, it doesn't ever cross their minds to not get dressed. It is one less battle when we need to leave the house. Vegas said, once I leave the bedroom in the morning, I'm rarely there again until bedtime. So why was I spending all that time on bed covers and pillows? Get rid of those things. Christina said, never leave a room without making one thing better. It could be folding a blanket, bluffing a pillow, or picking up one toy and putting it away. All the little things add up over time and only take a few seconds to do. Well, this reminds me of my one-minute rule, which I love. Yes. I write about in Outer Order, Inner Calm. It's so, it's so easy and great. Karen says, I put the things I need to remember in the car the night before, so there's no chance of forgetting them. I do that sometimes. Joyce said, don't come at me, but I let my kids sleep in the clothes they're going to wear the next day. This is especially helpful if you have one with sensory disorder. Gretchen, one of my best friends in college, Mike, did that for crew. He slept in his crew clothes, mm -hmm. so he would get up in the morning. There you go. Tiffany said, I've recently been changing into workout clothes right when I get home from work. Even if I'm home at 1 p.m. and my yoga class is until 6, I have been 100% successful at working out at night using this method. If I don't change clothes right away, I find the effort of changing to be too much when I'm tired at 6 p.m. and don't go at all. Jennifer said, I could never find time to read development books because I don't want to read those at bed, but I finally started reading a few pages when I walk on the treadmill and I finished my second book. Look, pairing finally did the trick. Inger said, get up at 6.45 a.m. instead of 7 a.m. Such a difference 15 minutes makes. Carlene says, write it down. Ideas in my head fall apart or are forgotten if I don't have them written down. Even if I don't look at it again, it helps me remember my plans if I actually took pen to paper. Jackie wrote, I play the game of putting away 10 things before leaving for work. Then I come home to a tidy house. Linda says, when I had several children and several activities, each child had a bag for each activity. That way, the permission slip could go into the dance bag, the uniform in the scout bag, etc. 
Bags were packed ahead. Candace said, always stop for gas on the way home as opposed to having to stop in the morning. I never remember to leave earlier in the morning. Robin said, clean up kitchen during commercials of our nighttime show. It's like a little game and breaks it up into small tasks. And finally, Gretch, Jill says, one of my favorite hacks I learned from you, Gretchen, on the Happier podcast. I now get completely ready for bed on the early side around 9 p.m. and then enjoy relaxing, watching TV, whatever, as soon as I get tired around 11 p.m., I just slip into bed, so happy that I've already brushed teeth, flossed, washed my face, refilled the water glass, etc. I find this makes my personal routine go more smoothly and makes me happy. I love that hack for myself, so I'm so glad to hear yes. that somebody else found it useful. Um, so these were so great, so fun. They all feel so manageable, but you can see how that little bit more of efficiency can make life easier. Absolutely. And now for a listener question. And this is a question where we really want to hear from listeners, because this is a question that probably a lot of people have a lot of experience with and have a lot of wisdom to share. This comes from Jen. She says, my dad was just diagnosed with terminal cancer. Long story short, it's not treatable and he may have a few months or a few years to live. After weeks of nonstop tears, I am realizing that falling apart isn't going to fix anything and that I need to make the best I can of the time I have left with my dad. My question, for those who have lost a loved one, what advice do they have? How do I spend this time wisely and prevent regrets when he is gone? My dad is young, in his 60s, and not overly talkative or affectionate and wants to live his life normally without telling other friends and family. I also live several hours away from him with small children, so I unfortunately can't pop up to see him anytime I want. I thought this question might be helpful for other listeners who may not be in this situation but want to take a step back and think about the best way to spend time and create memories with their loved ones. Well, this is a very profound and important question. So listeners, what have you done? What have you tried? How have you grappled with these challenges? For those who have gone through it, yeah. what do you wish you had done yes. looking back? Yes, so we will gather those answers and report back. And I think she's exactly right. Even if you're not in exactly this situation, there's many lessons that all of us can learn about deepening our relationships with the people who we love the most. Yes. So thank you, Jen, for that question. And we will be following up. Coming up, Gretchen has a reading demerit. But first, this break. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. 
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, Gretchen, we are back with demerits and gold stars, and you are up this week with a demerit. Well, this is a demerit I'm giving myself for finishing a book. And you might think, oh, isn't it good to finish a book? But you know, Elizabeth, you and I have talked many times that we want to read books that we like. And part of that is having the discipline to put down a book if we're not enjoying it. And this is strangely difficult. Even sometimes it's hard to like make up your mind philosophically to do it. But then sometimes even intellectually, I tell myself if I'm not enjoying something, put it down so I can pick up something that I'm enjoying more. But it's still very hard. And there was a book that it was just, eh, you know, it was like it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. And I wasn't interested in it. And I just, it just sheer inertia kept me finishing it. And then when I was done, I'm like, I could have used all that reading time for something that I'm really excited to read. And I was kicking myself that I had the opportunity cost. And so I'm giving myself this demerit to remind myself that I do want to only read books that I'm enjoying and that I'm getting something out of. Yeah, Gretchen, what I have found helps me with this, because, um, you know, I listen to a lot of books and I borrow them from the library, yeah. from Libby. What I've decided is if I'm not enjoying a book I'm listening to and I don't find myself wanting to go back and listen, I force myself to return it. Ah. Because then I say, okay, if I decide I do want to listen, yeah. I can borrow it again. Yes. But if it's gone from my digital shelf, then I don't feel guilty about starting something else. Yes. So I think if you put it in another room, like if you have the actual book, put it in another room, put yes. it back on the shelf and say, hey, I can get this off the shelf. Yeah. But it's it's presence yes. keeps you from moving on. No, it's sort of the, using the strategy of inconvenience. Put it out of reach yes. and say like, well, is it worth the trouble to go Hunt it down. Yeah. Because if there's a book that you love, you'll turn the whole apartment oh, yeah. upside down looking for it. Yes. That is a great yes. suggestion. And I think it kind of breaks that mysterious hold that it, that it can have on you. So I'm going to do that. Okay. But Elizabeth, what is your gold star? All right, Gretch, I am giving a gold star this week to a new TV show. Well, a sort of a new franchise mm. of a new TV show, which is The Golden Bachelor. Mm. You know I love The Bachelor. Yes. Proud member of Bachelor Nation. Well, now they have the Golden Bachelor. It is the Bachelor is a widower who's 70 years old and he is dating a bunch of women all at least 60, mm. many of them in their late 60s and 70s. And I love it. I mean, I love seeing older people on television mm -hmm. getting the spotlight. Yeah. It's an interesting look into this kind of ritual that has been going on for years with The Bachelor, seeing it with older people. Sure. It's very different. Right. And I've got to tell you that, you know, America agrees yeah. because it's a huge hit, Grace. Oh, is it? Yes. It's been on a couple of weeks now, and it's a big hit. Um, and I think we're going to hopefully... 
very soon get a golden bachelorette. Ooh, so gold star for the golden bachelor. Yes, Very, exactly. very fitting. <laughs> Check it out. The resource for this week, we're entering into holiday season soon, and it might be fun to take my what's your neglected sense quiz before going into that season. So if you know that you neglect a particular sense, you might look for ways to incorporate it into your holiday in a deeper way, bring new traditions or new tastes or smells or music or whatever. And you can take that quiz for free at GretchenRubin.com slash quiz. What's your neglected sense? And this is a very fun quiz just in terms of design. So if you haven't taken it, it's just it's just fun to take. It it's is. very playful. I can attest to that. Yeah. And then it's just fun to know what your neglected sense is. Elizabeth, what are we reading? What are you reading? I am reading The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. And I am just about to start rereading The Wind in the Willows by Kenneth Graham. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Try visually representing your challenge. Let us know if you tried it and how you represented it and if it worked for you. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Instagram and TikTok and threads at Gretchen Rubin. And I'm on threads and Instagram at Liz Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show... You can follow our show. You can rate our show. You can review our show. You can send the link to a friend. Listen, I have been sending links to podcast episodes up a storm lately. I don't know what's gotten into me. I'm I like, just listened to one that you sent me. There so you go. You I'm firing that. them off. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. So, Lisa, do you are you using the decals right now for any of your new projects, or do you wait until like you've got something that you're in the thick of it? Yes, I'm not yet, and I actually need to get new ones because I was so upset when Fantasy Island got canceled that I ripped them off the wall and threw them in the trash. So <laughs> I need I need to get some new decals. Well, for... you know, you get a fresh project. It's yes, time for the fresh, I need fresh decals. decals. <laughs> so I, I'm going to order some because I want to have them at the ready. From the Onward Project. Grutch, I know from my own experience that baby making is not always simple. There is a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And when you want to conceive, there can be a lack of understanding and resources. Frida Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from reproductive health to uh, ovulation tracking to conception aid. Frida is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. Frida products are innovative, easy to use, and accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. This is baby making simplified. Find Frida Fertility on Amazon, at Target, and select CVS stores near you. That's Frida Fertility, F-R-I-D-A, Frida Fertility.